and this is the podcast, Go Be Great. There's no such thing as TMI here, so let's chat, meet amazing humans, and have conversations about life, confidence, and more without the filter. Come hang weekly as I shed light on the topics we often feel we need to hide as we celebrate the ebbs and flows of learning what being great really looks like. Buckle up, buttercups, and let's go be great together. This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm so happy that you are here. We are in the end of July already. I feel like this month went by pretty fast, and then in some aspects, it's been a wild ride and went by pretty slow. That was a very general statement, but you feel me on that? I don't know. Everything's weird. Nothing makes sense. But we are here together. And going through it together. And I am so grateful for that. Vibe check. Um, feeling a little anxious. Anxious about the beginning of a school year. Uh, rapidly approaching. I feel like I'm just coming down from the last one. But it's got to be better, right? Right, fellow teachers and people who work in schools? It's just got to be better. That's what I just keep telling myself. So just checking in with me. Doing what I got to do. Um enjoying life I will say that I am doing I'm not doing I'm going to a pool day today with some of my coworkers and friends and let me just say that a version of me like a handful of years ago let's call it I don't know in my late 20s when I first started teaching I would never go to this I would never go to a coworker's pool day with friends and my grade level team of teachers, we are all so close and navigate all of the hard stuff in life at work every day together. And they are such a safe space in that way. So the fact that I can think of a time where I wouldn't want to enjoy the sunshine and a summer break together with some cocktails and just enjoy life seems so sad like I just want to wrap (laughs) that version of me in a big old hug but I feel like I do that every time I find peace and comfort and excitement over days like this instead of dread and shame and guilt and trying to make myself smaller or hide under clothing instead of enjoying the sun and laughter in my bathing suit you know what I mean so if you're somebody who's struggling right now with body image let me just say that the healed or more healed, because healed is never a past tense word. There's always healing. Like we are always in a in a state of that. There's just different levels to it. Um, and, you know, there's some days where, yeah, being in a bathing suit in front of other people is not going to be comfortable. But when the majority of, t- of the time as you're working on your body image and your relationship with your body, when it's spent more on like, oh, I'm so excited I get to make these memories with these people and have fun and have my body be the last thing I'm thinking about, it's a beautiful place to be. And I want that for everyone, which is why I do the things I do and show up the way I do, even when it's hard, because I know it's hard. So I just want that for everybody. And you deserve that, regardless of what your body looks like. You deserve to take up space. You deserve to have the sun hitting you and absorbing that warm energy and just enjoying life. And not feeling like your mind is more focused on covering up and how much space you're taking up. You know? Because no one else is thinking about your body. No one else is thinking about your body. I can't tell you any time I've really 
been around people that I care about that I was even thinking about what their bodies looked like in bathing suits. So why are we constantly, because everyone's worried about themselves, right? So no one's looking. No one cares. No one gives a fuck. If you're friend, you're not friends with people based on what they look like in a bathing suit. So why are we spending so much energy focusing on it, you know? Ugh, you feel me? Anyway, that was like a mini rant, but hey, how are you? That's just the vibe. Um, what am I watching? I've been really into Suits recently. That's been my new emotional support show. I've never watched it before. I'm on season three now, and I'm really enjoying it. It's also really weird to see Meghan Markle acting, because I don't know her as the actress. I only know her as H's <laughs> wife. I hate that they call him. I hate that she calls him that. It just irks me. It's it's an ick. It's an ick for sure. But really into suits. I'm trying to think of anything else that I've watched that is new for anybody. I don't think so since the last time I recorded. Just been catching up on the Bravos. What are we feeling? Speaking of Bravo, what are we feeling about the new cast of Real Housewives of New York? I fought it. I'm not going to lie. I fought it. I'm so glad I don't have to watch Ramona on my screen anymore. She's absolutely terrible. The fact that Bravo... And Andy Cohen, I'm sure he had a role in this. The fact that they chose to keep Ramona and thought that she was less problematic in the things that she was saying in current day than the things that Stassi messed up and already took accountability and made change about when she was in her, I don't know, a decade ago and they kicked her off Bravo but kept Ramona. Get the fuck out of here. I get really fired up by that. Can you tell? There's also still a residual pre-workout pumping through my veins, which I'm sure is playing a role in the energy that I'm bringing to the mic right now. But hey, how are you? <laughs> anyway, that's where I'm at. How are you? Let me know. Um, I don't think I have any other questions in my email. I didn't get any ready. So send them on over. Advice time. Um, I'm really trying to connect actually with Alexandra Hayes. She's the one who back when I did the Friendship Frenzy episode, I referred to her uh, six besties theory. I am so enjoying her. We've connected on socials. We've DM'd and messaged back and forth a few times. And I'm, I'm really aiming to have her on the podcast because I think she would be so amazing. And you all loved that episode so much. So send that energy out into the universe that I will have her on and we'll do like a whole, her, her segment and her column is called Hello Haze. Um, and people ask advice and everything. And I would love to have her on and have you guys send in stuff because she's phenomenal. Speaking of communication, um, this topic, when I asked on the question box, I also just appreciate you all so much because there's so many times where my brain is not feeling creative and in this space where it's a creative platform and I need my brain to work, you all really help out. And of course, I want to bring things to you that are going to serve you. So when I put those question boxes up, I love that you guys respond so much, um, and it's also very interesting to see the trends because there is always a pattern. It's never chaotic. The question boxes that I put up when I'm asking what you guys are struggling with are relatively on the same realm. So A, you're not alone. B, I hope that this helps. So today we're going to talk about effective communication, whether it's assertive communication, hard communication um, on things that are like difficult to talk about and this is something that I'm forever working on, too, so I am not at all, <laughs> I don't come to any episode thinking I'm the pro by any means, um, but in this particular topic, it's something that I've really been focusing on the last few years to get more comfortable in the discomfort of and just seeing how much it positively affects my relationship with myself, my trust in myself, my self-confidence, 
end the relationships that I have with people, whether it's any realm, really, professional, personal, all the things. Um, communication is key and you don't need to stay quiet just to please and keep the peace because when you stay quiet and don't speak up about things that you want or that you feel like are important to you, then you're only developing a war within yourself and you're only developing resentment around the people that you care about and the people that you're surrounded with. So I hope that this episode helps you out. (laughs) Cornball transition. Here we go. For starters, Assertive communication, assertive and aggressive are two very different things. When you are assertive, you don't have to come at it with your backup or no one is going to, when you're assertive and you do it properly, I should say, it comes from a place of like mutual respect. It's very concise. It's calm. It doesn't have to be aggressive and bitchy. There's a difference between being assertive and being an asshole. (laughs) Or being assertive and being a bitch. Like, don't confuse the two. Um, I think that when we are feeling very insecure about a topic, if we are talking with somebody who is very clear, concise, as calm as they may be, it might be our own insecurities that twist that into thinking that it's something that it isn't or that they're coming at you in some way. When in reality, proper assertive communication is based on mutual respect for one another. And... You are showing empathy for one another. You're expressing your thoughts and feelings. You demonstrate your awareness of others and yourself. And you want to like work on resolving whatever it is. Whatever is going on or whatever you want to come across. It's in the realm and with the intention of resolution. So I tell my students this all the time. It's always, it's never what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. Because if you're reacting and your delivery is off, then the whole conversation is going to go down the tubes, right? Whereas if you are staying very present and you are delivering the message with empathy and with love and with compassion, then your message isn't going to get lost in the delivery. It's going to be received way better. Just like if you were having the conversation and someone was speaking to you, you can tell the difference between somebody who's being aggressive and somebody who is obviously leading with compassion and intention of understanding and not reacting and instead responding to what you're saying and what you're maybe feeling. So I wanted to give some very concrete reasons or examples of this. So I went to the good old Google machine to find some very specific scenarios. So I'm going to read this one to you. It is from the Mayo Clinic. Okay. So they talk about assertive versus passive behaviors. And they give the example of you say yes to a colleague that asks you to take over a project, even though you're already busy. The extra work means that you'll have to work overtime and miss something that you want to do. Miss your child's soccer game or miss plans with your friends, something that you that fills your cup, okay, that you're going to have to miss out on. Your intention may be to keep the peace, but always saying yes can poison those relationships. And worse, it can make an internal conflict with yourself because your needs and those of the people around you and the things that you care about are, are coming second. So internal conflict, whether it can be passive or aggressive but in this example when you're saying yes when you really want to say no because you don't have the capacity for something that passive behavior and people pleasing 
reacts in an internal conflict. This is why I say when you say yes, when you really want to say no, you're abandoning yourself. It's a form of self-abandonment because what you are instead taking on now is stress. It starts to build resentment, maybe some anger. You're feeling you want to play the victim a little bit. Your desire to kind of extract revenge might start to fester. And you're doubting or questioning your own judgment because now you're saying yes when really you want to say no. So you're abandoning yourself. So you're abandoning that trust and that confidence within yourself. Does that make sense? Whereas you can meet that with an assertive response of, you know, I really want to help you out. If there's anything that I can do that will honor or will meet me within the means that I have in my capacity right now, I really need to make priority be my child's soccer game. Or I really have other things going. You also don't owe anybody a full detailed explanation. (laughs) You can very much say, you know what? I really don't have the capacity to help you in this way. Maybe we can try and work something out where you're getting your help that you need and the way I want to. And I can help you in the means that I can, in the realm that I can. I feel like there's always a way to kind of, you know, word it where it's not just a no. The pendulum doesn't have to swing the other way to aggression. Whereas if you really feel like you want to help maybe you can come up with a compromise be like hey you know what I really want to help you out this is just not going to be or it is a hard no and you know what I really want to help you out but this project I'm really at max capacity right now I don't have the bandwidth to help you in the way that I know that you deserve to be helped so let's try and find x resource for you to get moving on this project or that we can get this project accomplished when you're kind of looking to help in other ways that aren't going to break your boundaries or break the bandwidth that you have, then it also just helps build the relationship because you're like, oh, well, that person didn't just say no to me and then cut me off and brush me off. Like you're still showing compassion and understanding for what that other person is going through. Oh, I love this. Okay, assertive versus aggressive behavior. Now consider the other side of this, okay? Instead of passive responses, assertive versus aggressive. So The other side of this, if you're a more aggressive person, you may come across as the bully who ignores other people's feelings, needs, and opinions because you are right. You are thinking that you are right. You may appear self-righteous or superior. Very aggressive people often embarrass or intimidate or scare other people. Um, And you may be thinking that aggressive gets you what you want. However, it comes at a cost because your aggression weakens the trust and mutual respect that you're having with other people. And others may come to resent you leading them to avoid or oppose you. This has happened in personal relationships of mine. When I am feeling like I am speaking assertively, and because that is something that I have really worked on being very self-aware, painfully self-aware on, that when I am met with, because that's a level of vulnerability for me. When I'm speaking assertively, that's me being vulnerable. And when I am met with aggression in this exact tone, It makes me immediately start to build resentment. I definitely lose respect and I'm definitely going to avoid talking to you. And that has very much led to people going, me going a different way and not wanting to have a relationship with with people anymore because there's no need for it. You don't need to be aggressive. You don't need to be dismissive of other people's feelings to prove your point. That's not going to build any type of positive relationship with people. And surface level, sure. But when you really want to get to talking to somebody, you're going to have to have hard conversations when you are at a certain depth with somebody. 
So oftentimes, I know that I have found myself in my own journey of trying to be more assertive. I had to go through that weird time where I was like passive aggressive. Like I was trying to find my footing and I do love humor and it is my fallback for a lot of times when I'm uncomfortable and I've been trying to find the balance of humor, which I feel like I have a pretty good hold of now. But in the beginning stages of that, you can be like assertive versus passive aggressive. Like it, it, it looks a little bit different. OK, so now consider like passive aggressive behavior. OK, if you communicate in a passive aggressive way and you say yes when you want to say no, you might be sarcastic or complain about it behind other people's backs. I know sarcasm for me is like I speak it fluently in my everyday life when I'm not trying to be passive aggressive. So it's very easy in those early stages of trying to speak up more. I would sarcasm just felt like a comfort zone of mine. And that's not healthy. That doesn't make people feel good either. So rather than confront the issue directly, I'll show my anger or my attitude through being sarcastic. And you in doing that, I developed a passive aggressive style, which is just because I was uncomfortable about speaking on my needs and my feelings. So the drawbacks of that over time, it does damage relationship. It weakens respect and it makes things difficult for your goals and your needs to actually be met because they're not being received well because you're not speaking with mutual respect. Although the intention is not disrespect, when you're passive aggressive, that sarcasm is not going to land right. Even if that's kind of a comfort zone for you because like, okay, I'm just like kind of getting my toes wet here. That's not how it's going to be received. And that's a hard lesson to learn too. But I think that when you start to shift that mindset of, okay, I found my voice. I can speak with a full heart though. If you're speaking with a full heart and a full voice, that's not going to be passive aggressive. That's going to be more assertive because you're me- you're meeting this conversation and this communication with this human being that you care about with compassion and love and letting your feelings be heard because you know and you're reminding yourself and you're building that trust within yourself that your feelings and your opinions and your voice matter. So yes, making that transition is difficult, but being aware of it is very key because I know that the few times where I've had those tough conversations and I felt my sarcasm coming out, I was able to better check myself to be like, okay, what am I really trying to say? Am I saying it the way I want to? And am I leading with the heart and voice that I really want to be leading with? And if not, then you can make that shift internally and then vocalize it externally with the communication and conversations that happen. Ultimately, this is one of those things where when you're being assertive, the only way to get better at it is by practicing it. So like speaking up, even when your voice shakes and some conversations are going to go down like and left (laughs) and it's okay because you're new to this not no one's gonna nail this type of communication when this is just another avenue of growth and no one's gonna nail it the first time they try it however I will say a way to build confidence in being assertive is revisiting those conversations when you give yourself and the other person time to kind of like cool off if things get a little heated I have found that there's a lot of healing and growth and revisiting and being like you know what Sally (laughs) I really didn't like how that conversation went. I didn't show up in the way that I should have. And taking ownership and accountability in that way, too, helps build relationships better and stronger and healthier, which also helps you gain confidence and self-esteem. You gain a sense of empowerment when you're starting to be more assertive and speaking up. 
you gain understanding and you recognize your feelings. You're earning respect from others. I like this one that, um, let me go back to it. The Mayo Clinic also said it creates win-win situations. So circling back to that first example that I gave of when someone asks you to do something or help with something and you want to say yes, but you know you don't have the bandwidth, so you want to say no, creating a win-win situation where, hey, I'm honoring my boundary here and I can't help you in the way that you're asking me to, but I am also giving you different options to find a solution creates that win-win situation. You create honest relationships, which is so much better. (laughs) It's a way healthier and happier way to live life and create those relationships with people where you no longer fear having those hard conversations because you know that they're going to be met with care and compassion and they're not going to be met with aggression and you're not tiptoeing. Oh, we all have those relationships with people where you feel like you're tiptoeing around a situation or you don't know how it's going to be met and it's just so much healthier to have relationships with people where you know that those hard conversations although they might be awkward are going to be met with love and you're going to be held in those feelings and you're not going to be turned against or met with aggression I think it's just it makes life and love so much more satisfying with the people in your life So ways that you can do this, be more assertive, assess your style. Again, like I said, when I was assessing my style, I realized that sarcasm was not going to work. That's not the way to become more assertive. That's not the way to build better relationships with people or communicate your needs. So using I statements. I statements really help the other person not feel attacked because it's not about them. You're making it about you. So for instance, I disagree instead of saying you're wrong Or I would really like to help with this rather than you need to do, you need to go find this help elsewhere. Um, Keeping your requests simple and specific and clear. It doesn't need to be overly worded. You don't need to over communicate. I have learned the past few years, especially this last year, that when you're over communicating, that is your insecurity talking. That is you feeling uncomfortable in relationships with people because you shouldn't have to over communicate. Overcommunication is not healthy. It might be funny to joke about, but that's not the way to practice being assertive. And practice saying no. And sometimes, you know, your answer is going to be, you know what, I really want to help you, but I just can't do that right now. That's better than saying, no, sorry, I don't want to or I can't. That way you're you're still meeting them with empathy. You're still showing understanding. Um, rehearsing what you want to say. Writing things down or jotting things in your notes is super helpful. Checking body language while you're communicating Although sometimes when we feel insecure, we might be trying to make ourselves physically smaller by like having our arms crossed or sitting on our hands and being uncomfortable. When when you're checking your body language, you want to maintain like more like mutual or I'm sorry, not mutual, neutral expressions and positive facial expressions. My face reads everything that I'm feeling on the inside. So (laughs) being able to kind of adjust your body language with sitting with your shoulders back and, you know, practicing that posture. Those are the little things that really matter when you're having a conversation with people. And it helps keep your emotions in check because conflict is really hard. I have really struggled when it comes to conflict. And 
either you get angry or frustrated and like that's your first one or maybe you you're like me and you immediately just want to cry <laughs> I'm such an emotional person that instead of anger and aggression I just want to cry and crawl into a hole but that's not going to be the way to resolve conflict so keeping your emotions in your situ in your in check when you're having these feelings when you're assertive and you're practicing all the things I just noted, your emotions really do come in check. You can control how you're responding to somebody and how you're feeling on the inside. So when you're practicing having better communication and more assertive, kind communication, you're not feeling that inner turmoil as much anymore. So you're not feeling like you immediately want to burst into tears when conflict arises because you're more open in full heart and full voice to have those difficult conversations with people. So I hope that this has helped. And if you need help, and I'm not saying that I am necessarily the pro on this, but it's really good to practice having these conversations in the mirror with somebody um, before you actually have the conversation with them. Or if you're somebody who blanks in the moment, having a notes and speaking like, hey, you know what? I have a few notes in my phone because I really wanted to make sure that I was communicating this properly in the way that you deserve to hear it and but just being open about how you're thinking and how you're feeling it helps kind of release some of that pressure of these conversations because you'll realize that the pressure you're putting on these conversations uh is all created way more in your head than it is when you actually go to talk to somebody ultimately you deserve to have your feelings heard you deserve to have your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and your vulnerability held. And being assertive is a really good way to help build that confidence and trust within yourself and just helps you live a more positive, less stressful life. We don't need to hold on to all of this burden and overthinking on our shoulders where when we practice communicating, it really helps not get rid of it because overthinking and all of those hard feelings are still going to exist. Um, and conflict might always be something that makes you feel uncomfortable, but you get more comfortable in that discomfort as you practice, just like anything else in life. And ultimately, your needs can only be met if you're communicating them and you deserve to have your needs met. So we do that through assertive communication and practicing with maybe people that you're closest with, that you feel safest with and Talking or talking to somebody who's a third party. Therapy is great for this, but mind you, I will forever say that because it has helped me tremendously in this avenue, especially um, just be able to express my needs. And what you're asking for isn't a lot. <laughs> Ultimately, when we are asking for our needs to be met, it's not like we're asking for crazy things. Like these are most often bare minimum things that we're asking for. So you deserve to have your boundaries respected and speak with love and have be met with that mutual respect piece that I was talking about that I have probably said 70,000 times because ultimately I think that that's what why do I keep saying ultimately are you okay back what the hell anyway <laughs> over time you will realize that these conversations that we've been dreading to have um aren't as bad and big of a beast as we create in our minds and the more you practice showing up to those conversations the m more you learn that for yourself and the more that you get what you need and have better relationships as a result. So I hope that this has helped. We all deserve to communicate better and it's an ever long thing because everyone communicates differently too. So lead with compassion, lead with kindness, 
Um, assertive doesn't mean nasty. It doesn't mean bitchy. It doesn't mean sarcasm. It doesn't mean any of those things. And oftentimes aggressive people are the most insecure people. And that's just the truth. Because how much easier is it to pop off than it is to be matching somebody's vulnerability? You know? So take that. Run with it. I hope it helps. Please let me know if it does. And I need to practice what I preach in all of these things too. And like I said, ultimately, oh my God, I just did it again. What the, <laughs> it's okay to flop. It's okay if conversations go left. It's okay to take a break from conversations and revisit them and learn from them and grow from them and communicate those things that you need. And we're all going to be better for it in the long run because we all need to communicate better. So let's all take a deep cleansing breath, shall we? In with the good shit. Out with the bullshit. You're doing great. Even when it doesn't feel like you are. I promise you. Shake your ass. Go be great. <laughs>